0: just a bunch of things like that if, you, uh, if you're if you angry if you fly off angry you know nothing of Calvary's love and uh, I can't wait to, to read all of it but I know I'm, all, I'm already under conviction about it uh, but I know it's going to be a bunch of stuff like that and uh, how true that is Christ hung on the cross being crucified and uh, what did he do? He said Father forgive them they don't know what they're doing uh, what love. Amen. What love. All right. Let's open our Bibles this morning. Brother Sammy will be preaching tonight. And uh, I preached last night over in LaGrange and been preaching out some. And uh, so he's going to rest me tonight. And uh, he might get his wife to sing for him tonight and special. And uh, last time she sung, she did an awful good job on the, uh, singing the, those songs she sung that morning. Some people do better spur of the moment. Some people, some people need uh, advancement. Other people, I've noticed, do better spur of the moment. Some of the best preaching you'll ever hear is at a preacher's fellowship when they call somebody off the cuff that they ain't expecting to, and they get up there and preach. And uh, the reason you do so good is because when you get caught off the cuff, you have to depend on God. And uh, it's not your talent. It's not your ability. It's not what you can do. Uh, it's, Lord, help me. Uh, I preached at Camp Glory Uh, over 20 years I guess and uh, and I felt like the best time I ever had preaching up there was the very first time that I preached up there and I wasn't even expecting to preach I was just glad to get to go up there nobody knew me and uh, right in the middle of the morning service Dr. Sheets whom I didn't really know then walked back there to me and he said I just had a preacher to get sick you're preaching next And uh, I guess it went okay because he put me on the schedule for the next 20 years. Uh, But, uh, boy, was I nervous. And uh, it makes me nervous when I don't get nervous now uh, because you may be relying too much on yourself. Uh, Amen. open your Bibles this morning to 1 Samuel chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter number 30, and I'm going to skip around some with a uh, thought that uh, the Lord give me for this morning. I'm going to try to preach it this morning. 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30, and we'll, uh, uh, we'll begin our reading uh, in verse 1. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, and the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Zigla and Smitten Zygla, and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captive that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away, and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives, and their sons, and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives were taken captive, Ahenem the Jezreelite, and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, and every man for his son and for his daughters, But David encouraged himself in the Lord. You talk about having a bad day. Now drop all the way down uh, to verse number 21. And the Bible said, And David came to the two hundred men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Bezoar. And they went forth to meet David, and to meet the people that were with him. When David came near to the people, he saluted them. Then answered all the wicked men, men of Belial, of those that went with David, and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them all of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. And then said, David, ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered us, the company that came against us under our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, would you read the next few words with me there? So shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. Thank you and be seated. Our Father, we come to you, Lord, this morning, and we thank you for this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Uh, Father, we come this morning uh, realizing, Lord, how blessed we are that we have everything and uh, deserve nothing. And we realize that our brothers across the waters, uh, Lord, in prisons and persecution, if they had what we have here this morning, they'd think they'd already died and went to heaven. Lord, how blessed we are. May we not take it for granted. Lord, as you speak to us, Lord, out of this scripture today, And uh, Lord, as David encouraged himself in the Lord, uh, may you encourage us in the Lord today. We pray for the cold, indifferent, backslidden, discouraged, depressed, distressed. We pray for those today that are not saved. And uh, Lord, that you will have mercy and continue to speak to their heart, even though you give them chance over and over again. And Lord, that one that may be saved, but Lord, their uh, life is not where it needs to be with God today, And I pray you'd speak to all of us in the way we need to hear you. Forgive me of my sins and failures and help me today to preach. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let me give you a little history this morning on this uh, chapter here, chapter 31. And David at this time has been running from Saul. And Saul is out to kill David to take his life. David made a bad mistake. He... Joined up with the Philistines, enemies of God. It's always a mistake to join up with the enemies of God. Uh, and so the Philistines were going off to battle and some of the men didn't trust David so they didn't want David and his men to go with them. And so David and his men, they come to Ziggler and about the third day the Bible said the Amalekites that had invaded the south. Uh, the Bible said that they had come and they had burned Ziggler with fire. Amalekites, Amalek, in the Bible, is always a type of the flesh. Uh, and so when David comes back, he finds that his, all the women are gone, all the children are gone. He finds that they have taken uh, a lot of their stuff, is gone. And uh, David gets back, and uh, I guess the Lord had mercy on him because the Bible said they carried him away. Uh, but they didn't, uh, they didn't kill any of them. They just carried them away. And David got back and he found all of that. And the Bible said that uh, the people were upset and they were upset with David. And uh, the Bible said that uh, David's own people, they were so upset with David that they began to speak of stoning him. And uh, the Bible said that David lifted up uh, said the people were with him they lifted up their voices and wept till they had no more power to weep and the bible said that David was greatly distressed i imagine he was he comes back and the ones that are supposed to be with him the ones that uh, are his uh, are his group uh, the bible said they they were upset they blamed David for all this they were uh, they were speaking of stoning David and killing David. But the Bible said in verse 6 that David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's something you better learn to do if you're going to live for God. Because uh, there'll be times that nobody will encourage you. And you'll have to sit down and encourage yourself in the Lord. You say, How will I do that? Well,. Uh, You might sit down and say, Well, uh, I got a job. I got a car. I got a little money in my pocket. I've got decent health. um, We're still alive. I don't have COVID. I don't have cancer. And uh, you might just look around at a lot of ways uh, that you might encourage yourself in the Lord. And then you might finish up by saying, I'm saved, if you are saved, and uh, I know the Lord cares about me. And so David he encouraged himself in the Lord, and then when he done that, he sent for Abathar the priest, uh, and he asked God what to do. Well, a good thing to do when you don't know what to do is to ask God what to do, and then listen to what God tells you. So he tells David, he said, "You go after him. Uh, uh, you're going to overtake him. You're going to you're going to get all. You're going to win the battle. You're going to recover all." Uh, I tell you, it makes it a lot easier to fight the battle when you know you're going to win. Amen? And it will be easier for us Christians to fight the battle because if you glanced over in the back of the book, we win. Amen? Uh, So David, he does that. He pursues and he finds a man there in a field. Down about verse 11, and he said, He found an Egyptian in the field. And he brought him to David and gave him bread. And he did eat and he made him drink. And uh, they gave him a piece of a cake of figs, and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread, nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, Whom belongest thou? Whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me here, because three days ago I fell sick. Now... Here we have a man that is an Egyptian. The man is, uh, the Bible said that Egypt is always a type of the world in the Bible. And he said his master is an Amalekite, or in other words, the, uh, the flesh, if you will, was his master. And he said his master him there three days because he fell sick. That's a picture tonight of you tonight if you're lost and undone without God And the devil's your master. He cares nothing about you. Uh, uh, He's going to leave you there to die. But David is the type of the Lord. And you know what David did? David fed him. David nursed him back to health. Uh, uh, David helped him. Amen. And so when they started off there, the Bible said David had 600 men that were going with him. Uh, David uh, pursued them and he had 600 men that were going with him. But in verse 10, the Bible said, but David left some of them behind, and he left 200 behind. That meant 400 went with David, 200 were left behind. And so they go off, they, they, they win the battle, they get all their stuff, they come back, uh, and the Bible said they come back, there's 200 that have been there while they're out fighting the battle." There's 200 people that stayed back at the camp, uh, uh, that stayed back with what little they had left, uh, and uh, and the rest of them went on to fight the battle. Now, I want to preach this morning out of that little phrase there that we read together, and the Bible says that they tarried by the stuff. Uh, I want to preach this morning about have you stayed by the stuff. Uh, I want you to know this morning... Uh, uh, that this message is going under three headings. Uh, I'm going to give it to you in those who stayed by the wrong stuff. Uh, I'm going to give it to you in those who stayed by the stuff, uh, uh, but with the wrong spirit. Uh, and then I'm going to give it to you on those who stayed by the stuff, uh, and they were worthy. Amen. Uh, you see, we go in the Bible and, you go over to Luke 17, and the Bible speaks over there in Luke 17, verse 32, and the Bible says three words, Remember Lot's wife. Three words. God says, Remember Lot's wife. That's always struck me kind of funny. Why didn't God say, Remember Noah's wife? Why didn't God say, Remember Job's wife? Why didn't God say, Remember some of these uh, uh, great women of God, great women of faith. Uh, uh, why didn't God say remember them? But what He d- said was, remember Lot's wife. Uh, uh, well, uh, we have to look to this see, this morning at the context of where we're at. Uh, God said, remember Lot's wife. You see, Lot's wife, uh, uh, the Bible says in verse 31, right before it says, remember Lot's wife, uh, the Bible said in that day uh, he would shall be upon the housetop and his stuff. I, I don't miss that. The Bible said his stuff. Uh, uh, now, if that wasn't in there, if that wasn't there about Lot's wife, I, I might go over to Genesis 39 and I suppose that most people know who Lot's wife was. Uh, uh, Lot's wife, Lot was Abraham's nephew. And Abraham took Lot with him, and there came a time when that uh, they both began to get a lot of cattle, a lot of riches, a lot of things, uh, and uh, their cattle got so big uh, uh, that one day there was a strife, not between Abraham and Lot, but a strife between Lot's people and Abraham's people. And what happened was that Abraham, being the good man he was, uh, Abraham said Lot said you take whatever you want uh, and I'll take what's left that's the kind of man that Abraham was Uh, and the Bible said that Lot he looked down to the well watered plains uh, uh, there and he saw them well watered the green lush grass uh, and he thought that would be a good place uh, uh, to go uh, down there. And the Bible said he pitched his tent toward uh, Sodom. Uh, uh, well, I want to say this morning that a lot of times when you're looking for a place where the grass is greener, uh, I just remember this, uh, uh, when I look in my yard, uh, the greenest spot in my yard, Right over the septic tank, amen. amen. Uh, and uh, I want you to know that sometimes uh, uh, the green grass is not really all that green uh, uh, when you get down there to it. Uh, uh, but Lot went that way and Lot went down, and it would not long till Lot got promoted in Sodom, and Lot sitting in the gate at Sodom, and it looks like he's some kind of a city official. Uh, and there he is with his with his wife. Uh, uh, his family and he moved them down into Sodom and Gomorrah which is such an ungodly place uh, uh, that it, God said it came up to him uh, and God said him to go down and see if it's as wicked as what I'm hearing. Uh, and you know what happened? God destroyed that place uh, with fire and brimstone. Uh, uh, now God sent two angels down there to warn Lot. said, get out of there. God is going to destroy this place. Uh, and uh, Lot lingered. Had a hard time getting Lot to go out. Uh, uh, and finally, they literally had to pull him out of there. Uh, uh, him and his wife. Uh, and uh, God said, when they started out, the Lord said, "Don't look back." Uh, now, if all I had was uh, Genesis nineteen, uh, I might think that Lot's wife—I'd uh, look back just to see the sight. Uh, of God raining down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. But the Bible tells me over in Luke, uh, you see the context. When you read the Bible, it's really important to find out the context of where that you're reading. Amen. Uh, uh, Many a false doctrine, many a person has got messed up uh, uh, because they took a text, uh, never looked at the context and built a doctrine upon it. uh, but when we go to Luke 17, the uh, context is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, as the Bible says in verse 26, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And then they tell us something in Luke we don't get in Matthew. In Luke, Luke says, "Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, he said they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they builted. But the same day, Lot went out of some rain, fire, and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all." Uh, uh, doesn't sound like today. Uh, uh, they're eating, they're drinking, there's more eating places than there ever has been. Uh, uh, the only way any city grows nowadays is by a new McDonald's or a new Arby's or a new Cracker Barrel, uh, and uh, we're all interested in eating, amen. Uh, uh, the Bible said they eat, they drink, they married, uh, uh, they give in marriage, the Bible said, uh, and they We're doing just like people are doing today in the world. And the Bible said they did not even realize how close Isaac, they didn't even realize how close they were to the coming of the Lord. Amen. I I, I say we might be today, Amen. But then in verse 31, God says, right before he said, Remember Lot's wife. God said, In that he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, uh, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife, the Bible said. Uh, uh, when I connect those verses and God putting that right before uh, uh, that, God put, remember Lot's wife. Uh, I think Miss Lott's problem was uh, her stuff. Amen. Amen. You say, well, Brother Rick, she went out. She went out, uh, but in her heart, uh, her heart is there with her stuff. Amen. Uh, uh, You see, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. Uh, we all have a lot of stuff. Amen. I, I just noticed driving through town uh, uh, this week that they were cleared off a place, a sign up there, and it said, a building a new storage building. Uh, uh, you know, rent a storage like across the street. Uh, uh, we're so blessed in America, we have to rent buildings to put our stuff in uh, uh, because we got more stuff than we know what to do with. Uh, It's all right to have stuff. Amen. Uh, uh, God don't mind us having stuff. Uh, uh, Somebody said the Lord. uh, He will provide all your needs. Uh, I found that to be true. uh, But I have also found it to be. True, uh, uh, that the Lord has not only provided my needs, uh, but the Lord's provided me uh, some stuff uh, uh, that I didn't need, but I wanted, uh, and the Lord uh, uh, let me have that. Uh, uh, so there's nothing wrong with having stuff, and uh, uh, nothing wrong with having a, a car. Uh, we was down in the mountains this weekend, and it was the car show, and boy, uh, them us love their cars. Uh, and I can tell why. Amen. Uh, I I mean, uh, you look at them and they're shining on them all the time. Uh, if it comes a little rain, they cover them up. Rain quits. They come back out start shining on them some more. Uh, and they love them cars. Uh, and if I had one of them, I'd love it too. Amen. Uh, That would be a nice pastor's appreciation gift this year. I'd like to have some stuff too, amen. Uh, uh, But you see, it's not a problem when you have stuff. Uh, The problem is when stuff has you. You see, Lot's wife, she stayed by the stuff, uh, but she stayed by the wrong stuff. Uh, That's the context of what we read here, and God gives a caution and God says in verse 33 right after that, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Amen. I, I know a lot of folks uh, and they're trying to keep their life. Uh, their life is surrounded. They live for They eat. They drink. They sleep. Uh, they live for their stuff. Uh, uh, they not only have stuff, their stuff has Somewhere this morning, there's a farmer out there. He's walking over his fields. He's looking over his fields. He's counting his cattle say what's wrong with that nothing except he's doing that on the Lord's day nothing but he's not worshiping and praising and thanking the God that let him have the stuff amen there's people today down at the lake and I pass them every Sunday coming to church this time of the year and they got their boats and their pontoons and all of those things. And you say, what's wrong with that? Nothing. I, I, but they're going down on the Lord's day. I, I, they're going down. They, they're, they're staying by their stuff. They're staying by their boat, their farm, their house, their, their job, whatever it is. They're staying by that stuff and it's the wrong stuff. It's the wrong stuff. Jim Elliott was a great missionary. Bible. Many involved in it, and we done our Bible school for the last several years. Uh, we done our Bible school on missionaries. Beautiful change that we made, learning about missionaries. And we studied the life of Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot was a missionary, and he went to a tribe. He was going to try to win them to the Lord, I, and he went to the tribe. And I think the first or second time, second time I believe they went there. I, They killed Jim Elliott. They killed him. And Jim Elliott had this famous saying. uh, He said, he is no fool uh, who is willing to lose what he cannot keep uh, uh, to keep what he cannot lose. Amen. Uh, uh, Boy, what a great statement that is. Uh, You see, a lot of people are trying to keep their life. Uh, They say, preacher, this is my life want to do what I want to do, I, I, I Sunday's my day, I, uh, church time's my time, I, and they want to keep what they want to do, I, but the problem is they're trying to keep something they cannot keep uh, at the expense uh, of losing something, uh, amen, the Bible said if a man lost, gained the whole world and lost his soul, what would he have, amen, and so you have lost wife and she stays by the stuff but it's the wrong stuff, amen, that she's staying by the conclusion is down in verse 34, the Bible said one was taken and one was left in other words one was ready to go the other one was not ready to go you say why, because one stayed by their stuff the wrong stuff and the other one stayed by the right stuff Lot's wife, she stayed by her stuff. It was her own stuff. Look at Luke 15. You know the story of the prodigal son. I preached from it last night up there in LaGrange. But I didn't go down as far as I'm going to go today. You remember that story about the prodigal son? The Bible said, verse 11, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. Verse 13 said, Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and he took his journey. In other words, this father had two sons. One of them said, Father, he said, I I want the portion that belongs to me, and his father gave it to him, and he went down into the far country, the Bible said. Uh, Well, they had two boys. Uh, uh, Well, the other boy, he stayed by the stuff, he stayed there with his father. He stayed there on the farm. He stayed there and worked. And the other boy went down in the far country. Well, here we have a boy. Here we have an older brother. And he stayed by the stuff. Amen. But you know what? He stayed by the stuff. But we know from reading verse 25 down through verse 30, we know he stayed by the stuff. But he stayed by the stuff and he had a wrong spirit about it. He, did, he didn't waste his living on righteous right living. He didn't, he didn't go down and 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 live different from what he had been raised and taught. Uh, he didn't spend a dime of his father's money. Uh, he stayed right by the stuff. Uh, uh, you see, you got people and uh, they don't stay by the wrong stuff. They're down at the... They're down there uh, staying by the right stuff. Uh, but the problem is they're down there staying. Uh, but they got the wrong spirit. Uh, you say, what do you mean? I mean uh, uh, that this brother, even though he was there, even though he was, he stayed by the stuff, even though he done bad, uh, the whole time he's there, uh, he's got a bad spirit about being there. And really, down in his heart, he's saying, "I, I wish I was down in the far country, uh, like my brother is. I wish I was down there." Uh, uh, and he's got a, he's got a wrong spirit about him. Uh, you say, "How you know he's got a wrong spirit about him?" Well, I tell you this: uh, his attitude's wrong. You say, "What do you mean?" Well, the Bible said he. I have heard singing. And joy and merriment up there. They was having a good time down at the house of God. I, I learned a long time ago. I'm not going to have by God's. I'm not going to have a good time at the beer joint. I'm not going to have a good time uh, uh, at the keg party. Uh, I'm not going to have a good time, places like that anymore. Uh, And if I'm going to have a good time, i got to have it right here. Amen. Uh, And I want you to know there ain't nothing wrong with going to the church and having a good time and rejoicing. Uh, uh, Amen. And laughing and smiling. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen. Uh, I tell you, if you don't enjoy church, uh, it won't be you won't be in church I know a lot of people think that if you go to the church nobody's supposed to smile and everybody's supposed to have a long face and everybody's sitting around waiting to die. No that's the funeral home Amen. Hey, this is a Baptist church. It's not a funeral home. We didn't come here to view nobody. The body we came here for can't be viewed. He rose on the third day, thank God. We come here to have a good time in the Lord and worship the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. Amen. The Bible said that this man was angry. 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 I wonder how many people are sitting in Baptist churches this morning. They're by the stuff, but they're angry. This fellow over here won't speak to this fellow over here. This woman back here, she can't stand this woman over here. They're by the stuff, but they're angry. I preached in a church one time. There's a deacon here and a deacon there, and they told me they hadn't spoke to each other in years. But they're by the stuff, but they got the wrong spirit about it. Amen? Now it's good that he stayed by the stuff, but it's not good that his attitude is wrong. Here's what he said. Uh, He said, well, the brothers come home. They're up there. Rejoice. They're having a good time. brothers come home. And the Bible said, he said, I won't go in. His attitude's wrong. There's a lot of people that go to a church but they ain't going to go in the prayer room. Why? Because somebody else is in there they don't like. They're not going to go to this Sunday school class where they ought to be. Why? There's somebody in there they don't like. It's so quiet in here. An old preacher said, you can always tell when you're preaching good, when it gets so quiet you can hear the lights hum. Amen. But you see, he's by the stuff, but he's angry. He's by the stuff, but he's got a wrong attitude. He ain't going to go in. He ain't going to take a part. Amen. 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 I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to be in that ladies' group. I'm not going to be in that visitation stuff. I'm not going to be in that prayer room. They're there but their attitude is wrong. Number three, listen, I'm talking about the brother stayed by the stuff, but he's got a wrong spirit about him. He stayed by the stuff, but his appraisal of himself is wrong. You see, what do you mean? Look there, he said, his old father come out to him and, and he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, Neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. In other words, here's what he's saying. I I didn't go down there in a hog pen... I didn't go down there and waste all your money. I didn't go down there and run the family name. Why? He said, I stayed here. You ought to be giving me gifts. You ought to be doing stuff for me. You see, he's appraising himself. And if you don't get anything else, I say this morning, get this. Whenever we do our own appraisal, we always get the price too high. Worth more than what we are. Amen. Whenever we get the appraisal right, we talk like this, I ain't worth nothing. I need to be in hell when my back broke. I don't deserve God to answer one prayer. I didn't deserve God to save me. You see, whenever we get to thinking we deserve something, we got the appraisal of ourselves way too high. God don't need anybody in this room including the preacher. God don't need anybody in this room. There's not anybody here God's just got to have. But God lets us get in on it. Amen. Amen. I've been pastor here 40 years and I've been saying this 30 years. Ain't nobody at this church any better than anybody else. You may be a lawyer You may be president of the bank. You may be a congressman. You may be a senator. And we thank God for what you've accomplished and where you've been and what you've accomplished in life. But when you come through them doors there or them doors there, it don't matter if you don't have two nickels to rub together. It don't matter if you rode a bicycle in here instead of a Cadillac. When you come in here, everybody is on the same level. It took the same amount of blood to save the lowest sinner, uh, the poorest sinner, the brokenest sinner. It took the same amount of blood to save them as it did the millionaire and when we come to Calvary we're all on level ground the Bible said he got his praise a wrong but now give me just about five more minutes or so and if you don't give them to me I'll just take them but now I want to look at what I was trying to get to David's friends they stayed by the stuff, see. Six six hundred to start with, and four hundred of them went on to battle, and two hundred of them stayed back by the stuff. And when they got back, they had a lot of spoil, a lot of things they'd taken in the battle, a lot of their own stuff, a lot of the enemy stuff they had got, they had a lot of their stuff. And when David come back, I like this in verse twenty-one. When David came back to those 200 there that had stayed by their stuff, they hadn't went to the battle. When David comes up to the 200, David goes... David salutes them. But the 400, the 400 men, here's what they had to say. Then answered all the wicked men, and men of Belial and of those that went with David, and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them all to the spaw that we have covered save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. But then David said, Ye shall not do so, my brother, with that which the Lord hath given us, for who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us under our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that teareth by the stuff, uh, and they shall part alike. Uh, here you have 200 people, uh, and they couldn't go to the battle, uh, but the Bible said that they stayed by The stuff. Amen. Uh, You say, preacher, you say, why couldn't they go to the battle? Well, the Bible tells us. Uh, The Bible said in verse 10, they were so faint, uh, uh, they could not go over. Uh, uh, Here was some people, probably older people, uh, maybe some younger children. They had gone as far as they could go. uh, And they couldn't go any farther. They couldn't go to the battle. uh, And David said, you just stay here by the stuff. Uh, Oh, thank God uh, uh, for people that stay by the stuff. Amen. Uh, uh, you say, what are you saying? Uh, I'm saying these people had infirmities. They were sick. Uh, uh, there was problems with them. Maybe they had heart problems or diabetes or, or lung problems or stomach problems. I don't know what they had, but they were so faint uh, uh, that they couldn't go it wasn't that they didn't want to go. Uh, they wasn't able to go. They wasn't able to go. And David knew that. David's type of the Lord. David knows those who's able to go and those who ain't able to go. And thank God for people that stay by the stuff. You say, What are you meaning? Who are you meaning, preacher? Well, you take the folks that keep things going around here on Wednesday night, Sunday night. You ever think where the church would be if everybody was like you? Probably a for sale sign outside. You got some people that that go, but they don't really have the right spirit about it and their heart's really by the other stuff. But thank God for that little nucleus that I see in every church where I go that stays by the stuff. Did you ever think about this? Do you ever think where this churches would be at? I know the governor said that we're non essential. But I don't talk I want to talk to him one day after the rapture. You remember when all that started, I called the governor because i seen where they left a bar open in Louisville. All the bars open, but they, they wanted the churches to close down. I called the governor. Of course, I didn't get him. I got his secretary answer machine. And I said, yeah, I said, I want to know why. I want to know why that you're leaving the bars open, the abortion clinics open, but you want all the churches to shut down. And to my surprise, in about ten minutes, my phone rung. I got a voice this time—a real person. And she said, "Yes, said I'm returning your call." She said, "I'm the governor's secretary, and I've got your message. I just want you to know that he got it, uh, and uh, he's really just trying to be safe, and he don't want nobody to get sick." And uh, really that's what he's doing. And uh, we want people to social distance. We want people not to sit close to each other. We want people not in large crowds. I I said, ma'am, have you ever been to a Baptist church on Sunday night or Wednesday night? I, I said, we can give you 60 feet if you want it. But thank God for that little crowd. Where would the church be this morning if everybody had stayed home for COVID? I'm just preaching this morning. Thank God for that little nucleus of people that said, I'm going to stay by the stuff! And they stayed by the stuff! Amen! You say, why don't they go with you when you go away somewhere? They're not able to go, but thank God that they're here to stay by their stuff. Thank God for people that roll in and cripple in and hobble in and they ain't able to go to the battle no more, but they still stay by their stuff. You see, this speaks of their infirmities. This speaks of those ones that's indispensable. The church could not do without those that are willing to stay by the stuff. David said, His part that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that stayeth by the stuff. I've been preaching revivals for 40 years, sometimes 15 or 20 a year. Uh, and uh, when I was preaching them as a young man, uh, uh, my boys were in school. My boys were uh, growing up. We didn't have money to go to send them to Christian school. They went to public school. Uh, and uh, my wife, times she would not go with me. Uh, and somebody said, Why don't your wife go with you? Why don't you mind your own business? but the reason she didn't go with me, somebody had to stay by the staff. She stayed by my boys. There they are. Good boys. 80% of that credit goes to her. And she knows that because whenever they do something not right, she said, that's your boy's. But she stayed by the stuff. Somebody's got to stay by the stuff. Amen. Somebody's got to stay there and watch the home front and take care of the home things. Amen. Amen. Somebody's got to stay by their stuff. Thank God. Listen, I'm telling you, we get to heaven someday and God will call these preachers' wives down there and he'll say, Sir, if you don't care, go to the back back there, Mr. Evangelist, Mr. Pastor, go back to the back there and on the way back there, if you don't care, tell your wife to come down here. Brother Sheets used to say that God, if, 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 he said, he said, if God has any pets, they're preacher's wives. Amen. I heard Steve Kogel one time preaching. Along that line, Brother Steve said, the only qualification for a preacher's wife is to take care of the preacher. Read it. You say, well, I thought that. Yeah, you thought. But you didn't write the book. God wrote the book, Amen. Preachers are different. How many of those preachers are different? If you don't know that, come to Jubilee one year. We'll have some that will skin you and leave you to die. We'll have some that will cover you with sugar. We'll have some that will enlighten you. We'll have some that will make you so mad you're ready to fight. We'll have all different kinds. And Brother Greg likes this saying I have. I say the one that you like the least is probably the one you need the most. Amen. All different kinds, all different flavors, but they're all God's preachers. Preachers' wives are that way. They're not all the same. Some of them can sing and play the piano. Some of them can cook. Some of them can get along with everybody. Some of them can't get along with anybody. Some of them, they're always sick. Others, they're always buying this or buying that and they have to be treated like a queen. They're all different. But thank God that God has left somebody to stay by the stuff so we can go out and fight the battle. There's some indispensable, some people you couldn't, we couldn't get by without some folks that would come to unlock that door on Wednesday night when the preacher's away. Somebody that'll turn the lights on. Somebody that'll make sure the lights are off and all the doors are shut. Somebody that'll take up the offering, count the offering. We couldn't do without these Sunday school teachers. Why, what would we do if we didn't have these ladies teaching the little class? They're indispensable. What would we do if we didn't have uh, the ladies that teach on Wednesday night, that little bitty class? What would would I do without some people that will fill in and teach and preach uh, uh, when I'm gone somewhere? Those are people that are staying by the stuff and thank God for them. Thank God for them. We see they're ones with infirmities. Now there's a lot of people that can go that won't go. But there's a lot of people that their hearts want to go, but their body won't let them. That'd be Brother Rondell this morning. He'd rather be at church and anything. Uh, Brother Rondle, uh, he, has, he has been such a great help to me and uh, taking care of things. And uh, he's just one of many that stay by the stuff. Stay by the stuff. I can't mention everybody this morning. I just mentioned him because he's sick this morning. But he just told me the other day, he said, Brother Rick, he said, I want to be at church so bad. He said, I miss being at church. Every time I miss, I know I feel like I'm messing a meal. I want to be at church. There's a man that's standing by the stuff. All he can. There's those that are indispensable. And David comes, and David's a type of the Lord. Don't forget that. And David comes, and they say they don't deserve anything. And and the Lord said, This is the way it says it in the Greek shut your mouth. David said, Whatever we got, they're going to get. Amen. And so they're the ones that's incremented. They're given an increase. They're given a reward. Look what the Bible says in verse 26, And when David came to Ziegler, he sent of the spoil unto the elders of Judah, even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you. You say, Brother Rick, I've I've been standing by the stuff, but I feel like I I ain't getting nothing. David ain't come back yet. David ain't come back yet. And if you take a bottle of water and give that to somebody in Jesus' name or in the name of a prophet... Little Mary come here and she wanted to do something. She said, what can I do? I said, keep me water up there. The only problem was she'd have 35 bottles up there and she'd open every one of them. Said, they're all open so they don't have to open them. But little Mary, right there, little Mary. Stand up, little Mary. Get up in the chair, they still can't see you. Little Mary would set water up there. And I told her one day, I said, Little Mary, you're going to have a lot of rewards in heaven. She said, why? She, I said, because Jesus said, if you get a, give a bottle of water in the name of a prophet, and my name's Ricky Prophet. I said, you're going to have a lot of rewards. But if you ever give anything In Jesus' name. I have kicked myself so many times. I've given people money. I've given people water. I've given people food. And I turned to walk away and the Holy Spirit said, you just lost a gift. You didn't give it in Jesus' name. You ever done that, brother? I'm trying to train myself that whatever I give, I give it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a witness for the Lord. Brother Mike brought me some fish this morning. You did, didn't you? Amen. When you give them to me, give them to me in Jesus' name. If you get a reward for a bottle of water, what in the world would you get for a bag of crappie? Amen. They got rewarded, they stayed by the stuff. Boy, when you pastored for 40 years, you appreciate those folks that have stayed by the stuff. Amen. Because we got a girl right there named Gracie. I pray for them girls almost every day. We had a service on Wednesday night, just a handful of people, just a few people staying by the stuff. But if we hadn't been here staying by the stuff on that Wednesday night, this grace might not be saved this morning. And she came come down to the altar that night. I never will forget it long as I live. She' come down to the altar and I said, "What you need, Grace?" He said, I need to be saved. I said, grace, God's given grace for you. Jeff Wales was standing here leading the singing, and in a little while she got saved, and she stood up and said she got saved, and Brother Jeff said, hey, Brother Rick. And said, yeah, he said, now she's amazing grace. I don't want to stand before the Lord. I know we shut down sometimes different things, but I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to own one of them, I wouldn't want to be the pastor of a congregation that only owned one of them million dollar buildings that's got the lights out on Sunday night and Wednesday night and the door's locked. Oh, I wouldn't want to be the pastor of that church. Because the Lord's going to say, why didn't you stay by the stuff? I don't think the Lord's going to take that Answer well, we just had a few coming. I don't think the Lord is gonna take that. But thank God for those that stay by the stuff with the right spirit and by the right stuff. And we need more this morning. If you're here and you've never been saved, the Bible said one of these days one's going to be taken, another one's going to be left. One was saved, one wouldn't. One was ready, one wouldn't. You can get ready here. Amen. You can get saved today. You see why we stood by the stuff. Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you for these people today that have come out, Lord, to sit and listen to me.